0: Welcome to ZulcanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to Sulconic Cast episode 41. We're so glad you're here. And by we, I mean me. It's just Lucia, Holly, nutritional therapy practitioner. Just me today. Co host Hannah is, um, well, she was just in Costa Rica and now she is in Arizona. So we've got episode 41 interview with Liz Winters, NTP today. Um, Liz, you want to just say hey real quick? Hey,
1: hey. So happy to be here.
0: Yay. Um, I'm super excited that Liz is here. She is a nutritional therapy practitioner. We actually went to school together, so she's one of my homies. Um, In addition to that, she's a CrossFit Level 1 trainer and a mom who specializes in prenatal and postpartum nutrition. There is so much goodness in all of those monikers. (laughs) Monikers. <laughs> I am so excited to dig into your thoughts on health and wellness and nutrition. Um, before we do, usually Hannah and I have kind of a like a check in with each other, and um, my check in with myself is I'm doing fine. Last couple of weeks have been good to me. The grass is greener here in Minneapolis, and I've been walking my dog a lot, and we've been having very structured dog walks, and I I'm glad to say that she's growing in confidence. We are able to walk past dogs that bark at her and she doesn't pull towards them. She can ignore them and keep on strutting down the street, which just, yeah, it fills my heart with so much joy. <laughs> it's so good. So that, that's that been big for me. Um, this is usually when I'd ask Hannah how her week was, so it feels a little silly, but she'll be back next week. So let's talk to Liz. Liz, super happy you're here. How's your day going?
1: I'm super excited to be here. Um, my day is great because I, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Um, we're known for our rain, but today <laughs> it is super sunny outside and almost 70 degrees. So what? I am thrilled.
0: <laughs> that is just, well, and- Yeah. And you do a lot of gardening. You have a huge garden in your backyard, right?
1: I do, I do. So I am really excited. Once, uh, once I'm done recording with the lovely Lucia, I will be <laughs> heading out into my yard, which I'm really excited about.
0: Sweet, yeah. Fun Friday. Um, what? Since you are out in Oregon and weather is a little bit different there, are things already growing? Are you getting like garden goodies, or is it just setting stuff up? Uh,
1: mostly setting stuff up, but the apple trees are blossoming, which is always <gasps> awesome. Well, um, I got all of my starts in my garden last week, <clears throat> so that has been great. And I mean, we're I wasn't like super ahead of the game. You could probably get some radishes and kale. we're we're a kale <laughs> year- round kind of family, so um, yeah, those are goodies.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is dope. Um, that is so lovely. We are just starting to get like tulips up that are starting to bloom from the ground, food stuff. Uh, Maybe some wild edibles, but garden edibles, not so much. I'm inspired though. I am hoping to start a little garden plot in my backyard. Yeah, girl, all this stuff. So Liz, um, you're an NTP and you're a badass CrossFitter and you're a badass CrossFit trainer who also happens to be a mom. To a lovely child, little Edith. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to pursue this very health and wellness minded career choice? Oh,
1: man. Um, so many things. Um, I mean, if we're going to go way back, I was not the healthiest of kids. Um, and I struggled a lot with childhood obesity, um, a lot of gastrointestinal, like tummy tummy problems if we're going to talk that route. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I just... I figured there had to be a better way to approach it. Um, so right after college, um, I really just started delving into the health and wellness world, like really researching nutrition, deciding what would work for me. And I, I tried a lot of different diets essentially, <laughs> um, yeah, to f- figure out how I felt, or how I felt best in my own body. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, I started working out around that time. I'd always been active. I played volleyball. Um, I did a lot of sports, but then that kind of fell off in college. I was more theater focused and abandoned that, uh, more active side of myself. Um, and then I ended up in a CrossFit gym after going to a series of boot camps, and I just felt like I felt awesome. I felt like a badass. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you know, throwing around these barbells and doing things that I never would have imagined doing. Um, And I just loved the way that made me feel. And in the past few years, I just really wanted to share that with other people and really empower women to um, know that they can do this too. And it doesn't matter your age or your athletic background, like you can absolutely do this. And I think it just goes hand in hand with, with nutrition too. Like you can feel awesome. You don't have to feel (laughs) crappy all the time. It's such a crazy concept for people, right? (laughs) Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's kind of how I ended up where I am. And I just feel so lucky to do what I do. Like, it's just awesome. It's so awesome.
0: Um, and tell us a little bit about, so you said that you tried different diets through the years, any, uh, fun ones that <laughs> that were part of that experience?
1: Oh, sure did. Um, I was actually just chatting with my college roommate and we were marveling at one, how we survived college, um, on our budget and with what we ate. And I, if I'm going to be really honest, and I think that's important as a nutritionist cause to be human, um, yeah. there was a solid point in my life where I was existing on diet soda and juju fish. And what <laughs> are juju fish? Those, yeah. are the, uh, Fred Meyer or Kroger brand of Swedish fish because I mm-hmm. couldn't afford the Swedish fish.
0: No, no, too much.
1: <laughs> I mean, and then like random frozen meals. And so <laughs> I was admittedly very small at that time. Not that that's the only thing that matters.
0: <laughs> right. But, I,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: also, in probably I would assume, maybe that's not great of me to be assuming, but maybe back then that was a big part that did matter. Was that, you know, the food that was coming in and out and how it was affecting just kind of that body shape and size.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think my mindset for most of my life has always been rooted in, um, how is this going to make me look, um, versus how is that going to make me feel? And that's a shift that Mm. I've worked really hard to get to. Um, Mm. I mean, and I think part of it is just because I grew up performing, I grew up acting and singing and so Mm. much of how talented you are is rooted in what you look like. And I think that's where I found a lot of freedom moving into the CrossFit sector, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that you know it 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 there's less emphasis put on that at least where I'm at I know at some gyms it's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was cool to have strong muscles rather than to be super super thin.
0: Totally, it kind of was like mm-hmm. that mindset shift over to what can you do versus exactly exactly yeah how how do you look when you're doing it
1: exactly that's yeah and what like what freedom in that you know it's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah.
0: So then tell us a little bit about your business. You are Sprout Wellness PDX, right?
1: Yes. SproutWellnessPDX.com. Um, I have my own practice called Sprout Wellness. And I work with clients online and in person in the Portland area. And I have a lot. I have a really diverse clientele, actually. I, I work a lot with women at all stages of life. Um in helping them you know improve their digestion just generally feeling better i really focus on prenatal and postpartum nutrition but once you've had a baby you are always postpartum so that really kind of opens (laughs) that
0: (laughs) that's so true it's not just this little phase afterwards is it
1: right right and i think we'll we'll get to those questions um that some of your your soul fans asked but i think (laughs) yeah like after three kids Is there any hope? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and we're, we're always, we're always postpartum once you've had a kid. Um, so I work with clients one-on-one and I also teach really fun group classes. And I think my favorite part of my job is actually teaching these little one-off workshops. Um, Mm. and I get to, I get to do like kombucha brewing workshops that I know Lucia also (laughs) does. So, you know, Uh, (laughs) and it's just so fun to get people in a room together and just build community and, and work together. It's just the best.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you, you take online clients as well as in-person clients. And there's so much, I mean, the fact that you can essentially, if that person also has an internet connection that you can be meeting with almost anyone, um, that's incredible. But it also, yeah, I think similar to you when I started doing those in-person workshops, there is something to be said for being able to get a group of people all together in person for an hour or so, um, and kind of get that group dynamic going. It's, It's so powerful.
1: Absolutely. I think conversation can be so much more natural when you're in a group and in a room together with other people. And it's hard to get a group together online and still have that same kind of feel.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's difficult. I've done some group classes online and the mm. uh, man, I love my group homies. They have made it work, but <laughs> it's really kind of can boil down to the technology. And like if someone's connection is a little funny or if someone's video doesn't work, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff that is just present when you are in person, you don't have to worry about a connection too much. I don't think if you're in person with someone, <laughs> Um so what what would you say since your focus is on prenatal and postpartum nutrition and health are there any kind of big subjects that come up with your clients who are working on you know looking for support there
1: um man i think that the things that we well a lot of different things come up um <laughs> especially with postpartum clients it's there's so much emphasis and this is really a society issue on getting that body back Or, um, you know, losing the baby fat and, you know, fitting into your old jeans. And it's, it's such a hard thing to struggle with. We work on shifting that mindset rather than saying like, okay, you're going to get your body back from, uh, to more like, let's get your body healthy again. Let's make your body stronger. Um, and really kind of working on that rest and repair and recovery aspect of it. Um, and that goes from training in the gym, and that also goes to diet, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're they're so ingrained. Um, so those are big things. I mean, <clears throat> I know for me personally, like I really, really struggled with that. and I think again, that's rooted in my um, struggles as a teenager. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, kind of fo- focusing on what my body looks like rather than what what my body can do. I really like how you phrased that earlier. Um, And again, like celebrating, like look at what your body just did.
0: <laughs> your body does this big, right? amazing thing, <laughs>
1: right? There is no easy way to have a baby. Like, yeah, natural childbirth, epidural. I don't care, C-section. No easy way to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, really, really focusing on that, I think, is is huge.
0: Yeah.
1: And people always have lots of questions about like, oh, what should I be eating or shouldn't be eating. During and after pregnancy, um, I think the focus shifts. Like during pregnancy, you're like, "Oh, I'm building a human," and afterwards, mm. you're like, "Oh, I'm trying to feed this human and myself."
0: <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And what
1: those different things can look like.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, and I think it's so interesting too, kind of as someone who has not had a baby, is not in that uh, post, just not not there, not there. But love babies <laughs> so much. Um, but as a woman, so as, as someone who could have that potential, who has a body that could um, hold and make a baby, um, I think when I see the phrasing around that world of, like, get your body back, like, get back to your pre-baby shape, I think it sets up this mind um, – it sets up this expectation that you didn't just go through a life-changing process. It's, and to me, that's just mind-boggling. That society is really pushing down on people to say, "Hey, you can get that back. Mm-hmm. You can erase what you just did or what just happened for nine months." And I'm sure there are just so many layers to that.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's so different for everyone. Yeah, I mean, it, can we like just celebrate that for a second? Like, we don't need to erase <laughs> it. Like, oh my God, you did this. You had sex. <gasps> I hope you're okay. <laughs> Hope you were married. Hope you had that child with, you know, like in your perfect little family. But I mean, let's Jeez. like, let's celebrate this. And I mean, I think I had to say it over and over and over again for myself is that, you know, like I don't want that pre baby body back,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: like I did awesome shit with this body right here. Like, <laughs> let's celebrate that. Do I want my pre Edith bearing uh, strength back? <laughs> Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Um, do I want to not pee while doing double unders? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> life goals. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, I, I agree. There's something to be said for that <clears throat> process.
0: Definitely. Um, man, I just feel like with society, I mean, <laughs> this is something Hannah and I talk about so much. We're just like, man, man. Come on, society. Like, God, why are you doing this to us? Why are you doing this to people who identify as female or who have a body that fits into this box in one way or the other? It's not cool. So I'm so glad that you are there advocating for people who have gone through that process or looking to get Mm -hmm. into that process because also prenatal health, I mean, that's a huge part of this whole process too.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I... Ideally, in like a perfect world, doesn't happen for everyone. But I mean, like pregnancy puts a huge toll on your body. Um, and you're not really like eating for two. And that like that nutrition shift doesn't start when you get pregnant. It starts when you are trying or like considering trying. Um <clears throat> And, I mean, just making sure you're eating really, really well and moving lots, I mean, that can really impact how your pregnancy goes. It's not the only thing that impacts that, right? I mean, there's genetics, life, things being thrown at you at home the daily. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that starts, you know, preconception.
0: Mm-hmm. What were some of the – because obviously you were interested already in nutrition um, before you started trying to have a baby. What were some of the big nutritional components that you tried to incorporate that you felt like really support your journey with that prenatal health?
1: Oh, I'm um, definitely improving my digestion, mm. my, my big thing. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, and that was so important because, I mean, we can delve into the science bit of it, right? Like, your digestion, that's where you're getting all of your nutrients. And those nutrients are going to eventually make a baby, like. working it down real simple
0: there. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. So it made a lot of sense to me. Um, so I really wanted to make sure that that was dialed in as much as possible. Um, and that I was feeling really good. And the same thing, you know, with my energy levels or, or, you know, blood sugar, um, making sure that they weren't up and down and all over the place, um, that I felt really, really, really well prepared for that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I started, you know, shifting my diet like really, really. Like I hate the word cleaning it up, but I mean, you you have a different phrase for that, maybe.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, t- uh taking out the foods that you know don't feel so great. Right. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> that nice and loosey goosey. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Really,
1: but I put the emphasis on one, like making sure that I was feeling good, but also that I was supporting my body, um, by you know, eating nourishing foods. Um, and you know, I did this one switch. I, I drink a lot of coffee or I used to drink a lot of coffee. Um, and before I got pregnant, you know, we're not supposed to have a lot of caffeine while you're pregnant. Um, so I made my husband, my lovely, lovely husband, um, (laughs) swap out for decaf without telling me. So he just started filling (laughs) the coffee grinder with decaf beans so I could like ease my way off of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's great. That's great. Yeah, did it go well? Actually it went really well. I didn't really (laughs) notice. I would still have my cup of coffee in the morning. I'm very routine oriented, like get up, Mm. have my big glass of water, and then I have my big cup my big glass of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm ready to take the day. Even if it's decaf, it's fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There is. Oh my gosh, that is something that a lot of people come into like my group classes or my one on one consults and they're like, You can change whatever you want, but don't take away my coffee. (laughs) Right. And at this point, as soon as we get to that section on the my questionnaire, if I notice that someone is a coffee drinker and they're drinking maybe more than two cups of coffee, so it's kind of part of their routine, I now I just disclaim, I'm like, listen, I'm not gonna take away your coffee. Don't worry. This is not that first step. Maybe it won't ever be a step. So and I'm also I'm a coffee fan as well. I'm drinking a little bit of coffee right now. Sure. Um. so it's Liz <laughs> so we get it and it it is it's a big part of routine and that's I would assume would be really wonderful while you're in that state as well to make sure that you aren't super stressed out because when you talk about like you're saying when you're talking about focusing on digestion Liz and I went to the same school so she's gonna know what I'm gonna say you want to be in that parasympathetic state right you want to be in rest and digest. So if you hate the food, you're trying to do a completely new routine that feels foreign and alien, that's going to be stressful, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we don't want that.
1: None of that. <laughs> Stress pregnancy, bad idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh-uh. Um, were there foods that you tended to crave? During pregnancy? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, uh,
1: <laughs> I... I didn't have a ton of um oh no, I guess that's true. Let me think about this. Yes, I did. I <laughs> craved very bizarre combinations of food. <laughs> ah. Um, so I was really into kimchi while I was pregnant, which I mean I still am. I liked kimchi before. Um yeah. and then my husband would make me this thing called peanut butter eggs, and it wasn't even peanut butter, um, it was almond <laughs> butter, but it's just it's just easier to call it peanut butter eggs. Um <laughs> and it was basically scrambled eggs. And then I would put almond butter and some like a little bit of berry jam on top of it, so it'd be like mm-hmm. peanut butter and jelly eggs. And that was <laughs> my jam. Like, do you still like it? I still do. I really do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, That's amazing. I,
1: he came into the kitchen the other day and I'd made it for lunch and he was, yes, <laughs> he he's like, do you have something to tell me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, no, nope, just no, nope. still weird. Still weird. Just checking in in on that craving. Right. I think that actually it sounds weird initially, but I mean, eggs are going to be the basis for like a custard. They're so easily a dessert food.
1: Sure. Just getting in some good protein and
0: fats. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) Um,
1: that And like lots of fermented foods. I was really like, I really mm -hmm. liked kimchi. And again, it was something about always pairing kimchi and almond butter and eggs. So almond mm-hmm. butter and eggs were like really present in my diet. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Well, and hearing what you're saying too about when you were pregnant having that trying to have that focus on balancing your blood sugar levels. Mm-hmm. Those seem like awesome foods that won't be spiking blood sugar up and down.
1: Absolutely. All those good healthy fats in there. It's yeah. All that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and then if we think about food, now you have little baby Edith and she's starting to eat foods, right? Eating stuff that you're preparing in the kitchen. So talk a little bit about, if you will, um, what does she have food preferences and what does that look like?
1: She is such a good little eater. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> um, yes, we uh, started introducing foods around five months for her. So she's been eating for, oh man, four months now. She's nine months old. Um wow. And we started off with egg yolk and liver. Actually, those were her first foods Wow. and she was really into it. Um, and then the reason we started off with those, uh, it's because they have very similar nutrient profiles to breast milk, right? So it'd be something mm. that's really easy for her to digest and also give her a good source of, um, you know, good vitamins, minerals, healthy fats. Yeah. Uh, so that was really fun. And so now we're, we've branched out She's eaten most proteins. The girl loves lamb, which is really funny because <laughs> Shay and I are like, eh, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but she loves it. And so she's eating lots of meat, and she really likes sweet potato and butternut squash some of those complex carbs. We haven't gone into Mm -hmm. the like leafy green area yet. Mm. Um, and she loves bone broth. Oh my gosh. That's how I know she's my daughter. I mean, besides the whole, you know, (laughs) carrying her thing,
0: she loves
1: bone broth. Um, so we feed her lots and lots of bone broth because
0: yeah. And very kind of savory foods too. Mm -hmm.
1: We mix it up with some banana occasionally. Bananas are really easy for uh, babies to break down because they, they have enzymes naturally occurring in them. Um, Mm. same with avocado. And so like those, if you think of those like tropical fruits that are like breaking down on your shelf, like, you know, you have to wait for the avocado to get ripe. get there quick. Oh, you missed it. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and same with bananas, you know, they get riper as Mm -hmm. they go on. So little baby digestive systems, they don't have the same, um, enzymes, digestive enzymes that we do as adults, you know, you develop those later. So, um, big carbohydrate foods like grains and rice and things that we are more common to start kids with, they can't actually break down very well. Um, mm. so that's why when we're, we introduced any kind of like carbohydrate rich food, um, like sweet potato or squash or banana or things like that, we made sure to introduce it with either fermented version. We did fermented sweet potatoes, Oh wow! fun, right?
0: Yeah. Did she like those?
1: She actually really did. She loved it.
0: That's cool.
1: And, um, and then bananas, like I said, because they have their own enzymes, so it helps her Mm -hmm. break them down.
0: Mm -hmm. And what is the, for, well, for anyone who's curious, can you talk a little bit about what more conventional, um, ideology around first foods for babies looks like?
1: Sure. Um, so most often first food recommendations are rice cereal. (laughs) That's what we found. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, that's the big one. And then of course, you know, you'll see things that, that, cross both um, trains of thought um, or streams of thought, thoughts, schools of thought. There we go. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um,
1: Like avocado is really common. It's a great source of healthy fats. Um, Banana. Again, people introduce peas a lot, which I, you know, eh, sure. eh, We haven't done it, but go for it. Um, But I think the biggest thing that um, is hard for, you know, people in my, more traditional circles, you know, like, why aren't you introducing, like, teething biscuits or rice cereal or things that are, like, puffed corn based? Um, mm-hmm. I think those are the the more traditional ones. And we, you know, feeding your baby is a very personal choice. And I am not a doctor, there's my disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, do your research, make your own choices. Um, but I think that we can probably do better than those.
0: <laughs> sure. And I think even if you look at nutritional profiles of different foods. Yeah, I've, I've, I also agree that I'm not a doctor and I want everyone to feel empowered to feed their family and their children whatever they want. Um, but if you do look at nutritional profiles, there's a lot of bang for your buck if you can get in more of those kind of live foods. So things like the bananas and avocados or things that were um, just fresher, really.
1: Absolutely. And that's, that's what really fueled our decision. It's not that I think that You know, eating rice cereal is inherently bad by any means, but if I'm going to feed my baby who's growing or trying to grow, 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 (laughs) um, I want to make sure, you know, she can only eat, like, at most a quarter cup of food in one sitting. Like, her her little belly is so small, so I don't want to fill it up with things (laughs) that are... Um, really gonna give her the most bang for that nutritional buck.
0: Do you feel like you got pushback from people or do you feel like what you what one feeds their baby is so personal that people kind of respect that? Um...
1: Mm, I think you know, my family is super supportive. They're really awesome and they I mean they also think I'm crazy, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to being a nutritional therapy practitioner right right. (laughs) what aren't you eating now (laughs) yeah like fermented liver duh
1: (laughs) my mom was so taken aback she's like fermented sweet potato what is wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) and so I think there's just like it's it can be tricky to explain um yeah and again it's because it's such a personal choice I think I mean, I mean, like personal choices are, are all through pregnancy and feeding your child, you know, formula or not breastfeeding or not, you know, there's so many factors tied up in that, that it can be kind of tricky to navigate, mm-hmm. um, and also not come across as snotty, like, Oh, look, my child's eating liver. I'm so awesome. No.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel so that- like there's a certain element of like competition. Oh, competition. What do yeah. you well, just kind of what you were saying. So feeling like, oh, well, my baby's eating liver. How about yours? Or like, oh, my baby did this. How about yours?
1: Well, I think that's something that we can get, um, we get caught up in and, um, any of our nutrition, right? You're like, oh, is that paleo? Hmm. (laughs) You know? Um, and I think there's, lots of things that can, that can impact that. Um, mm. I think people like dietary choices are so personal. People can get put off and feel like you're judging them.
0: Um, right.
1: you know, so often I think, and this really, this happens to my family actually, like, um, I'll get asked, uh, oh, don't, don't judge this. Or, you know, um, don't, I don't want you to see that I'm eating this or, or things like that. And I was like, I'm, I'm not here to pass judgment by any means. Mm. Um, and so I think that can, that can translate to baby diet too, Mm -hmm. maybe.
0: Totally. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like you also have a pretty awesome community of people who are supporting you and being a trainer and working out, um, at your CrossFit Intrepid, right? Intrepid Uh, Athletics. Intrepid Athletics. Yeah. Yes. If you're Um, ever in Portland, come check us out. (laughs) Awesome. Um, In addition to that, you also just attended the Girls Gone Strong seminar a couple weekends ago, which I feel like hits all the notes on all this stuff, being like super balanced about nutrition and working out and being so goddamn empowered by your body (laughs) and how dope it is. So tell us a little bit about what that was like. It was your first time attending, right?
1: Oh my gosh, yes. That weekend was amazing. It was the Women's Strength and Empowerment Weekend, and it was led by Girls Gone Strong, Um, and oh my gosh, I'm just like still on a little high from it. It was so (laughs) awesome. There was not a man in sight.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Great. No voice allowed. (laughs)
1: Pretty much. Um, but it was just, it was really incredible. And we had a series of wonderful speakers all from very diverse backgrounds, um, just talking about owning anything from like owning your space and not apologizing and just really, um, if you aren't fitting into somebody's expectations, that's okay. Mm. (laughs) Um, and I think that really resonated with me, um, as I'm pursuing a less than traditional career path.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Will you, will you just say that again? So everyone can hear that again, that message
1: that it's, if you're not fitting into someone's expectations, it's okay.
0: Yeah, that is a okay. That's great. (laughs) Right.
1: You do you right. Mm -hmm. And do it with love and compassion and passion (laughs) and make it happen. Um, and so I think that's, that's one of the big things that I walked away from, um, that conference with, and we got to work with, um, the incredible Jessie Mandel. And if you are pregnant or considering being pregnant or have been pregnant, um, check out her work. She is awesome. She really specializes in, um, she's a trainer that specializes in the, in prenatal and postpartum fitness. Um, mm-hmm. so we talked a lot about core plus floor. That's her, yeah, her tagline core plus floor. <laughs> there we yeah. go. Um, and so that was really cool to just talk about, you know, pelvic floor. Cause I know that's a hot topic.
0: <laughs> it is. Yeah. And we'll be asking you some questions about that in a little bit. Perfect. Um,
1: and then we also talked a lot about, uh, during that weekend about, um, you know, that body positive message and balancing that need, that, that desire for change without making it, um, so oh, rooted in you know in making it negative. Does that make sense? Um, yes, like totally. you can desire body change and it doesn't mean you don't love your body.
0: Right. right. You can be present with your body in the moment and still have a goal or an arena that you're looking to move towards. Oh my gosh, for sure. I hear you hundred percent with that one.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's a really big thing that's, that's hard for it to balance as a postpartum mom. Right. Um, mm-hmm you know if you don't love your body and celebrate your tiger stripes and say oh my gosh i earned these birthing hips or whatever um then you don't love your body or if you mm-hmm. say that i you know want to get six pack abs and i'm postpartum then you don't love your body but like hold on like let's let's find a balance here right right um i can love my body say this is awesome and then still desire a change. And as long as that change is rooted in love and respect for your body and for yourself, then Mm. it's great. And we're going to move forward. It doesn't need to be rooted in hate. It's not like, Oh, I hate my hips. Therefore I want them to change. No, that's healthy.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's that desire for change that is authentic to you. So if you mm. shut out the noise of what everyone else is trying to say or magazines that are saying you should t- change, exactly. it's taking out the shoulds. And it's, yeah, just listening to yourself and figuring yeah. out what what is my body saying to me and what like where do I want to go with that?
1: Absolutely. And shutting out that noise, you hit the nail on the head. I think we, we talked a lot about that this weekend. Mm. Shutting out the noise, getting rid of those shoulds it's like what do you want to do what do you need to do it's not what yeah. you should do because again that's right. somebody else's expectation put on you
0: mm-hmm. yeah and if we go back to empowerment empowerment is getting in tune with yourself and having that awareness of what you desire
1: and it, yeah it
0: just trickles down into all arenas right mm-hmm. you can be empowered anywhere yes. and everywhere <laughs> all of the empowerment all <laughs> did they have like like all that is so awesome. I'm like, I agree with that all the time. That is so great. But did they talk about like, what to do with that framework and kind of ideology? Or like, like how do you, did they talk about, um, oh, like, like how do you turn that, that theory into practice? Did they talk about that in the seminar? Like actual concrete steps or ways to help yourself feel that present empowerment?
1: Oh, there were lots of different ways to go about it. Um, I don't think there was a specific, and forgive me if there was, and I just don't remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a lot crammed into two days. Sure. Um, concrete steps,
0: I like think, with food and with even with like food and nutrition, like you know, ways to get away from feeling like you have to track calories or like how you have to approach food um but I don't remember (laughs) (laughs) well that's cool too you took away what you need to take away from it that's oh my gosh please Liz was just out there at that seminar and I was of course like blowing up her phone that whole weekend being like hey what's going on (laughs) tell me everything
1: The biggest, I think the biggest takeaway is that, um, and Lucia gets this cause we, we again went to the same school is that everyone is unique. yeah. And so, um, in terms of like calorie counting or not calorie counting and don't get me started on that cause they blew my mind on that, that weekend. Um, mm-hmm. you know, what that approach to fitness looks like, how we move in our bodies, what you need, it's all dependent on the person and the environment that they're in, um, And we as trainers and as nutritionists really need to do our best to make sure that it's inclusive and finding like that intersectionality of fitness, like who gets Mm -hmm. to be fit um, and what that looks like for everyone rather than just promoting or idealizing this one example of what fitness can look like. And, you know, in our culture, if you Google fit women, it's predominantly white females in black sports bras, surprisingly. That's the always. Trend. always black sports bras
0: <laughs> always <laughs> who have access to
1: fancy gym equipment and or pink dumbbells you know I, I don't have either <laughs> of those um, yeah what? so do not look like any of those fit women but I would no. venture to say that I am a fit woman so mm-hmm. it's just really oh. interesting yeah
0: and that it's interesting and it's it's both, it's like a double-edged sword when you talk about the fact that our health is individual. It makes so much sense. And then as soon as you say that, it's both freeing and I would say overwhelming for a lot of people too, where all of a sudden you're like, oh man, so I can't just do this diet that I found on Google. Right. Like that's not going to work for me. Or are like, oh man, I, if I just like, it's, it's almost like you're thrown into the abyss and then you mm-hmm. have to do your own research and you have to I think, kind of be present with your body, which is, again, not what society wants us to do.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, that translates to that prenatal and postpartum journey. It's going to look different for everyone. I mean, I was really fortunate to have a fairly uncomplicated pregnancy, a fairly uncomplicated birth. The eight weeks after Edith was born were absolute hell, but somebody Mm -hmm. else might've had an opposite
0: experience.
1: And it just it really really depends on the person and what is happening
0: should we talk about some questions because yeah. Liz when i fielded our listeners to get some questions for you about prenatal and postpartum nutrition and just health and wellness in general they like blew up i think that is <laughs> the most comments we've gotten on a facebook post to date they blew us up with really awesome questions really um uh, thoughtful and a whole range of different subjects that they were curious about. So let's dive into them We have a couple that we're going to talk about. So here is the first question. It's from Alyssa H So her question, it's there are a couple couple questions kind of put into one um, But here's what she asked. Do I really need to eat hundred grams of protein a day? Can't I just eat like a normal healthy diet? Also, what's up with coffee? And what's up with alcohol?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is up with coffee?
0: What is up with
1: all those things? (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Well, thanks for your question, Alyssa. Um, (laughs) So many things to go into this. Um, The 100 grams of protein, (laughs) again, it really, really depends on the person, right? Um, 100 grams of protein might suffice for you. It might not suffice for me. Um, cause I am a very tall person. I'm a large person. Mm-hmm. I like to eat a lot of food and I need a lot. Of food. <laughs> yeah. Um, so again, it really, really depends. Um, can't you just eat a normal healthy diet? Yeah. I mean, yes, you can, as long as we're defining what a normal healthy diet looks like. Again, mm-hmm. it will depend on the person again. I am not a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. but I think really just avoiding those highly processed foods and refined sugars, those are the big, big things to avoid. Um, when you're trying to conceive during pregnancy, really in general, I, I don't advocate like, Oh, you're not breastfeeding anymore. Go ahead and <laughs> eat the place potato chips. Um, now you can eat all the
0: right. candy.
1: <laughs> you're good to go. Um, so really focusing on eating those whole foods. Um, I know that during that first trimester, I had a really hard time with this. Um, a lot of women lose that taste for protein. Like they just don't want to eat it. Um, all I wanted were green smoothies. And the only reason I wanted a green smoothie was because I felt like I needed to be able to get vegetables into my body, but I didn't actually want to eat them. I wanted to blend them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and part of that, our stomach acidity production, it goes down during that first trimester. Um, or your body is focused on, building another human rather than really breaking everything down. So we need a little extra support. Um, so protein is still really, really important. It's building blocks for all our cells, right? So you're, it's the, it's building a baby. Um, mm-hmm. so improving that stomach acidity, maybe supplementing with a little ACV, apple cider vinegar for those who are <laughs> ACV trained. Um, <laughs> that's really, really helpful. And I always tell people to aim for a palm-sized portion of protein per meal. That's a really, like, easy way to go about it. Yeah. Um, and you, you can have al- kind of
0: those, those three square meals per day, too. So yeah. three of those palmfuls. Mm-hmm.
1: And really being in tune with your body. You know, I Lucia was nice enough to support me a lot through my pregnancy. So she and I were mm-hmm. chatting nutrition a lot. Um, and just really kind of listening to what your body needs. And if it's really craving those kind of easier to digest foods. So if you're constantly craving sugar, you're constantly craving like simpler carbs, trying to find the healthiest version of that. Um, Mm. so maybe instead of eating the Snickers bar, you eat a little bit of dark chocolate and you have some berries and you pair it with some coconut cream or some healthy fats to really kind of mitigate that surge of sugar into your system, but you're also still eating that. And those are things that are fairly simple and easy for your body to break down.
0: And then you'll be satisfied too, by actually listening to that craving Mm -hmm. and opting for foods that are doing exactly that. They're, they're addressing some of what your body might be needing. It's um, respecting the cravings too. I think it's huge.
1: Absolutely. I mean, our
0: bodies are so
1: smart. They're so (laughs) right. And I just think we need to take time to go ahead and, and listen to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and so really I think also you know we talked a little bit earlier about reducing that stress around meals that's going to be huge and I really think I know we're talking about diet here and what, what we need to eat but that goes hand like how we eat our food goes yeah. hand in hand um so what do you call it rest and digest mode I love that. yeah
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> love it love it so yeah. maybe that's taking three deep breaths before your meal Taking a photo and then putting the phone away, you
0: know? mm,
1: mm-hmm. um, not being distracted when we eat, and that will definitely improve your digestion and actually help with those cravings too, because your body is like, knows what's going on. you got your mind-gut connection.
0: Yeah. And maybe your day feels a little bit better because you took a break from that stress mode that can so easily be throughout our whole day or our whole working day too.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Uh, what about, so I guess we are, we did really kind of talk about coffee and maybe some of your opinions. Mm -hmm. So you, you tried to opt towards having it be pretty much just decaf sounds like.
1: Um, yeah. And that was
0: a personal preference.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. I am, I've noticed, so (gasps) history, I used to work at Starbucks, so (laughs) I used to drink a lot of coffee. I mean, we're talking a lot of coffee. Um, but as I've gotten older and, you know, wiser, um, I noticed that my like sensitivity to caffeine has gotten Mm. pretty big. Hi. Great. Um, and so it was something that I was like, I need to kind of rein this in. Um, but I mean, it's one of those, if you weren't drinking caffeinated coffee, don't start doing it during pregnancy. (laughs) Um, yeah. But if you need to have a cup of coffee, have a cup of coffee. That's fine. Just don't drink the pot of coffee and eight shots of espresso and a Java Chip Frappuccino. Bad news.
0: <laughs> you'll be buzzing. Yeah. Don't <laughs> you'll turn. Caffeine. You'll turn from a human into a bumblebee. Right? <laughs> that's my advice. Yeah. Uh, that's my very knowledgeable advice. Is that if you drink that much caffeine, you will turn into a bumblebee. <laughs>
1: Which one's kind of fun? I don't know. Um, I mean, I definitely had caffeine while I was while I was pregnant. I usually got that from kombucha, um, mm. and then sometimes I had a little cold brew coffee, mm-hmm. and I would accidentally, I mean, accidentally or intentionally drink the whole thing. And it, cold brew is a little more intense. Yeah. <laughs> and. Yes, I would definitely feel like a bumblebee. Um,
0: <laughs> but you weren't drinking a unicorn latte. Am I hearing that?
1: <laughs> I was just not drinking a unicorn frappuccino with its fifty-nine <laughs> grams of sugar. Can we talk mm-hmm. about that
0: for a second.
1: Yeah, what? yeah. Hold up, spoons. It's three oh. Snickers bars.
0: <laughs> I liked. I saw a nutrition label for that, and um, someone had circled the. How many times in the ingredient list sugar was listed? <laughs> and it was like 7 plus times. I mean, they're not even being. It's it's a goddamn unicorn frappuccino, so <laughs> right. no one no one is thinking it's healthy. Right. <laughs> By the colors alone, no one is thinking it's healthy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> ah. Um, what about alcohol during pregnancy? Any thoughts Ooh. on that? That's your subject. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: So, there are lots of different schools of thought on this one. I, I definitely had a glass of wine every now and again during pregnancy. I had a beer during pregnancy, oh, shocking. I know scandalous <laughs> alert, alert, CPS. Um, yeah. again, I think it's about moderation. I wouldn't advocate to have a glass of wine every night. I wouldn't advocate to have three beers out of the bar. Um, but I think you can look at it as part of a, part of a stress relief. You know, I mean, alcohol isn't really doing our bodies any favors period. Um, but it can be a social aspect. It can be a, a good like stress relief or relaxer, just like a, huh. And I think if you're really smart about it, um, you can, you can do that again. I do not advocate and I really don't recommend consuming alcohol while you're pregnant, but I mean, there is definitely Mm -hmm. a point like I would have a glass. I had a glass of wine maybe once a week or every now and again. Um, probably not that often. Um, while i was pregnant and then it was i was you it's fine totally again i think it's just i think it's moderation um and awareness first,
0: again right exactly
1: being exactly present. and how you process alcohol like a glass of wine for me like i'm i'm 5'11 and a strong build like one glass of wine is not going to do anything to me right um but if you're more petite or have a higher sensitivity to alcohol or, hey, if you didn't drink before pregnancy, please don't start now. Are you sensing a Sim- theme?
0: <laughs> right. Similar to caffeine too. If you're someone mm-hmm. that you feel like more than one cup of coffee gives you the jitters and you're an anxious wreck and you're having a panic attack in the corner, yeah, that's okay. Your body is likely processing it in a different way than that other person who can have two to three cups and feel like jazzed for the day. Absolutely. Okay, this is good stuff. This is bioindividuality. Stuff. It is. It and it makes it makes you think. Once mm-hmm. once people get that we're all different, it gives you that ability to recognize, okay, I have to make choices for myself because what will work for me It's going to, maybe it's similar to someone else, but it's going to be different. It's going to have all those intricacies that are just phenomenal because we're all unique snowflakes. Right. Um, Let's move to our next question. I think we had a really nice discussion on some of the different foodstuffs. Alyssa, I hope that is helpful. Um, So next question is from Elena H. She says, I'm so freaked out by stats that claim childbirth causes huge pelvic floor damage. How do you know if your pelvic floor is in good enough shape to withstand birth without significant physical trauma?
1: Whew! pelvic floor. Um, I mean, your pelvic floor is going to change and it's going to move around and things are going to shift. I mean, you're growing a child. Your organs are going to (laughs) move. Things are going to happen. Um, How do you know you're strong enough that, I mean, if you're consistently having low back pain, um, if you're having, you know, a little bit of incontinence that happens from time to time, those can all be signs of a weak or weaker pelvic floor. Um, mm. but there are some simple exercises that you can do to strengthen that. Um, and these are things that I would recommend. I mean, we do them all the time in, at the gym anyway, but I recommend to anybody who's trying to, um, who is pregnant or is trying to conceive just things that you can really, really do to strengthen those muscles. Um, again, Jesse Mandel, um, she really focuses on this uh, and she gave a really nice kind of like succinct definition of like what is happening with her, your core plus floors is, is her, mm. uh, mantra. That's the word. Um, that's <laughs> so she describes your core as being from, uh, your diaphragm, um, all the way down and then your floor, um, being your pelvic floor. And that's holding all of your kind of squishy bits is what she called them together mm-hmm. and in place. Um, and tell you- people.
0: Tell people for anyone who doesn't know. Tell people where your diaphragm is. It sits right
1: um, beneath your xiphoid process. Is that yeah?
0: Yeah. Kind of Starts like at the <laughs> bottom of the sternum.
1: Yeah, bottom of the sternum. You you can't see me, but I'm actually like showing Lucia my diaphragm like, like, <laughs>
0: here, right here.
1: <laughs> Perfect science. Um, and so it contain, you know it's holding everything in place, and everything moves around when we're pregnant, right? And so really thinking about strengthening that floor because it's making sure nothing falls out. I mean, nothing is going to fall out, but (laughs) Oh God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are some, if, if someone wanted like to do one exercise, do you feel like there's one you could suggest that would be helpful?
1: Absolutely. Um, glute bridges or hip bridges. Some people call them. Those are hugely helpful. Um, both pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy and postpartum, um, they really help strengthen, um, your pelvic floor and your glutes, obviously. And there's a variation uh, that you can do called, um, uh, we call them clamshell raises or clamshell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clamshell raises, um, at our gym. And I was really lucky to work out with, um, a trainer who's super super knowledgeable at this during my during my pregnancy. So I'm incredibly thankful for her. So she had me doing all these. But clam raises, um they will help strengthen that glute medius. And I affectionately call this your side butt, if that <laughs> helps give you a little better visual about what that is. Um, and all of those muscles, all those like tiny glute muscles, um really help carry or hold everything together.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people can be kind of walking around um, even I would say some athletes, cause I feel like I'm raising my hand. I was one of those. I'm feel more into now, but a lot of people can be walking around without really firing or activating any part of their glutes. We can kind of have this like glute amnesia. Absolutely. Just from, from sitting and office work and driving your car, all the things that we do where we're not having to engage holistically, All those glute
1: muscles. Absolutely. And uh, I'll say those glute bridges can also save you from the dreaded uh, quote unquote mom butt where everything kind of out after pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) Those will help you a lot. Yeah. Um, So those are things that can really, those glute bridges, banded squats are another really Mm -hmm. good one. So focusing on, you know, driving those knees out as you squat um, down to the bottom and also driving those knees out when you move back to the top. Again, that's going to strengthen that glute, uh, those glute muscles, and really hold everything together. Um, Yeah, those are some big ones for those. That's really the the glute exercise, and there's some good core ones too that can also help.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like we have to be scared of our pelvic floor,
1: or? (laughs) No, I don't think so at all. I think don't don't be scared to have a baby if you have a weak pelvic floor.
0: (laughs) I promise. (laughs) Yeah, baby's going to stay
1: in. um, But I mean, if you're noticing that maybe it's weaker than what is ideal for your body, um, then it's something that you can focus on, again, during pregnancy or when you're trying to conceive and definitely postpartum. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, I don't think it should be a reason for you to fear having a child. Please
0: don't be scared. (laughs) Yeah. Like you were saying before, our bodies are smart. They're Ooh. always responding to any stimuli that we expose them to. So just the fact that um, this person is thinking about their pelvic floor, that's huge.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> you,
0: I, you, you know what the pelvic floor is.
1: <laughs> right, And I honestly, I probably really wouldn't have thought of it before I was pregnant. I mean, really, I was like pelvic floor, that's a word I've heard before, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's something you have to be careful about. Um, but yeah, and I think another like big takeaway here is that, um, like I said earlier, once you've had a child, you are always postpartum. Mm-hmm. And so even if you had a baby 15 years ago, you are still postpartum, and these mm-hmm. are still exercises that can help. Um, and it's not something, you are not doomed to a life of incontinence and no bouncy houses, right? I mean, yeah. it's things that you can... <laughs> improve because um, our bodies again are smart and strong and capable it just might take a little work
0: <laughs> and that's okay. that's okay um and if if anyone is looking for i'll link to the different moves and jesse um, mandel that liz has been talking about in the show notes but hannah and i had an episode called p and p i don't remember the episode mm-hmm. number but hannah definitely um even though she is not postpartum, she offered some different ideas for ways to think about being able to move in the gym. So things like um, jump roping and double unders or box jumps, kind of what's going on physically. Um, So if and some strategies to look at how to support that. So people, if you are listening um, and that's speaking to you, go ahead, listen to that episode too, as well as checking out the resources that Liz has been talking about um anything else on the pelvic floor or should we move to the next question um i think we can move to the next question yeah okay cool so our next question is from charmaine cp she says i feel like i should have more questions but i'm so much more relaxed the second time around and congrats charmaine super exciting um so i'm much more relaxed the second time around but also much more active I feel like we treat pregnant women like we're so fragile. What is reality and what isn't? Also, on a side note, I'm loving this. And Charmaine links to uh, Serena Williams' post about how she's 20 weeks pregnant. And that means that she was pregnant when she won. She was like nine weeks pregnant. So she's a badass. (laughs) Basically. Not that bad. None that we didn't already know that she was a badass. Right.
1: (laughs) Um, Charmaine, thank you for your question. And oh my gosh, so much this, like, yes, I'm doing little praise hands. Um, (laughs) yes, we do treat pregnant women like they're fragile and it drives me absolutely crazy. Um, I, one of my big things that I would tell people during my own pregnancy is like, I am pregnant. I'm not broken. Um, and Yes, so many things. So what is reality? Again, that's gonna look different for everyone. Um, if you're super active before you're pregnant, you can maintain that super active lifestyle with a couple modifications during pregnancy. I think one of the big things is that making sure you're working with a trainer who understands what's going on with your body. Mm-hmm. Um if you work out at home, that's fine too. Good resources. Mom's gone strong. Again, that's that girls gone strong, uh, program that I got to hear a lot about this weekend. Um, or checking out birth is another great resource. Um, but I think that, you know, we need to celebrate that strength. And even if you haven't been active before you're pregnant, if you decide like, I really need to start moving. Um, uh, if that's what feels good, definitely do it. Absolutely. I wouldn't recommend, you know, diving into the CrossFit Open or trying to go do a competition. <laughs> um, but absolutely get moving. You need to. It'll feel so much better. It'll make set up your pregnancy for more success. Um, I think one of the other questions was, you know, I, I can't lift more than 35 pounds. I'm going to call bullshit on that one. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> absolutely, Good. absolutely not. Again, it's going to depend on the person. But I think I loved being pregnant. And I think part of it was because I felt empowered, um, enough to keep doing what I loved doing. And I don't think I've ever felt stronger or more in tune with myself than when I was pregnant and also Mm crossfitting. Um, and that I owe a lot to my coach, um, or my coaches, I should say, they were both very, very in tune with what was going on with my body and really taught me to listen to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, i I was in the gym the day before I had the baby at 41 weeks and I PR'd my farmer's carry. So that was a huge (laughs) thing here. So I think that, you know, again, working with a good trainer, knowing what's going on with your body and really being in tune there is huge, but Mm -hmm. check it out. I mean, people our women are so, so strong, right? You can do so many things and you can do almost all of the movements that you were doing before pregnancy Um, Again, with a couple modifications.
0: Make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. Um, And anything that you're saying, especially for people who um, become pregnant and then for whatever reason they're like, oh man, this is my time to start being active. Even if you take out that whole pregnancy factor, if someone were saying, okay, I got to get fit now. I got to be super active. Mm -hmm. Still, I feel like the advice would probably be, okay, don't go crazy. Like, work your way into it. You know, anyone who has never lifted a weight before, if you try to do like a dumbbell snatch with a 35-pound dumbbell and you've never done that. You don't know what the hell a snatch is. You don't know where you are. You're probably in a CrossFit gym, by the way. That's probably not appropriate for you and whether you are pregnant with a child or children or not, you need to work up to that and you will be able to work up to that. I think that's a key factor. Absolutely. Um, There doesn't have to be a cap in the way that our society tells you there should be a weight cap or an activity cap. Most definitely. Yeah. There's more flexibility with it. Mm -hmm. Love that. Love that. Yes.
1: And that activity can look different for everyone, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be CrossFit. It doesn't have to be whatever. I mean, I was cycling. It can be yoga. You know, whatever feels good to keep your body moving right cuz it's going to make your birth so much easier too. Yeah.
0: Hopefully. We're we're, we're active creatures as yes. humans. <laughs> Our bodies respond well to most activity. Yes. Cool. Okay. Um, again, such good questions. I like, feel like I want to like pull up all the other questions be like, Liz, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um, but we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) Maybe someday soon, Liz will have to come back on and we can ask her all the other questions that we have and more. (laughs) Um... Well, man, I I feel like we could just keep on talking for forever, which is kind of what happens when Liz and I talk. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but any any other, like, closing ideas or comments kind of going off of this theme of feeling empowered in your body as it's going through this totally huge and amazing change?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, just know that you are so strong and you are doing just – an incredible, incredible thing. You're carrying a life. And, like, what a gift that is. Um, and, yeah, just honor yourself and honor your body. And you got this, bed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got it. And there are communities of really amazing people that are out there to support you. Um, so I hope no one ever feels alone in this process. Absolutely. So... Okay. That's going to be our episode. Uh, man, I just wanted to keep on talking though, but we'll end it there. We'll end it there. Um, if anyone wants to find Liz and is curious about more of her thoughts or want to read her blog posts or get in touch with her, her website is sproutwellnesspdx.com. Um, and I'll link to that in the show notes too. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at sprout uh, sproutwellness. And let's see, anything else you want to add to that? No, can find great. You?
1: Yeah, feel okay. free. Reach out anytime.
0: Okay, sweet, 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 sweet. And I'm your host, Lucia Holly. Uh, next week, Hannah will be back. So you'll have the good old duo of Lucia and Hannah. Can't wait. And um, we'll catch you then. Okay, usually Hannah does this part of the episode. I got nervous, so I had to write down what I was going to say. But, um... As always, thank you to our producer, Taj Ruler. Taj is like, she's like, it's like when you're walking along um, during the springtime, you're walking the sidewalk, and all of a sudden there's a puddle on the sidewalk, and it's bright blue because the sky is bright blue, and you decide you are going to hop in that puddle, and that's the best feeling you've ever had. That's Taj. So uh, we'll catch you all next week on our next episode. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes, you can do it on your phone, you can do it on your computer. If you're on your computer, I have a video how-to on how to leave an iTunes review on our Facebook page. So go check that out, otherwise get at us if you need help with leaving a review or just do it. You know what? Just do it. Or tweet us, or Facebook us, or anything that you want to do because you're empowered to be yourself. Alright? Okay uh, bye. Solcana <laughs> cast is produced by Taj ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit sulconacast.libsyn.com. That's L I B S Y mcom for full episode information. You can also visit our website at sulcanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.